Welcome to She Builds Empires. I'm your host, Bridget Eileen Sisko. This is the show where I get to interview the coolest, most badass women entrepreneurs who have built six, seven, and eight figure businesses. We highlight the woman behind the success, her journey, the ups, the downs, and we learn how the heck she built this empire. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another awesome episode of She Builds Empires. I'm your host, Bridget Aileen Sisko. And today I'm here with my guest, Kadir Muhammad, who is a systems implementation engineer. I got it. Welcome, Kadira. <laughs> Thank you so much, Bridget. It's a pleasure to be here, and I'm happy for our conversation today. Me too. I was telling you before we started that I've done a lot of interviews on not only this podcast, but just for my business in general. And I haven't talked so much about systems, tech, automation. So I'm very excited to hear a little bit about what you do in your journey. And let's kind of start with what do you do now? Um, Yeah, let's introduce yourself. Oh, absolutely. Well, uh, again, my name is Kadira Muhammad. Uh, She got it right. Systems implementation engineer. Try saying that three times fast. Um, But essentially what I do is I help small business owners be able to automate their way to freedom, time freedom and lifestyle freedom. So that way they can have the actual time that they went into business to get uh, so they can spend it with their families, with themselves, go on trips. And I do that by helping them go into their businesses and create processes systems, step-by-step ways of getting things done. So that way they can hire out, they can find the right apps and make it all work for them so they can work on their business and not just in their business. It's very important what you do because I've experienced this in some ways myself and the people I work with as well as we start to grow these businesses, we start to do all of the things or yeah. as we're growing, we're doing every single thing from mm-hmm. emails, email, posting, scheduling, content creation, onboarding, everything. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, that's how you start a business. If you're not like inheriting a company, if you don't already have like a team that you've been working with, you're the person with all the hats doing all the things. And that's just kind of your life. And while it's okay when you start, you do need to like try to quickly try to pivot from that because what we'll end up doing is we'll get stuck with the, I can do everything myself syndrome, right? Which is the, uh, well, I can't trust somebody to do this or I, only I know how to do this, only I know how to get this done. When in reality, we all have our, what I call zones of genius and anything outside of that is not your zone of genius, right? Like I'm really cool at systems and automation for other people, for myself. That's great. I should not ever touch my own QuickBooks or my own accounting stuff, or honestly, the content editing, like I'm in the middle of actually hiring somebody from that now that I understand my own branding and kind of how I like it, but I'm not doing this forever because it's just not my forte, right? It's not my particular, you know, skill set, my core competency. But a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck and they feel like only I can do this. Okay, then you're going to be the only person that does it. And that's not really the route that you really want to go. No, no. So let's take it a couple of steps back. You're doing this now. You support small teams. You help them create these systems, these processes to create six-figure businesses. Mm-hmm. Let's go back a little bit. How did you enter the world of being a systems implementation engineer? Oh, yeah. So so this actually goes back to when I was in college. Um, I was in college. I actually 
originally went there to be a photographer because I was like, oh, let's try it out. Took a class and realized it's not what I need to be doing. So then I actually taught myself how to code. Um, I wanted to kind of pivot being like a developer, a web developer. And I went to school for that. That's basically what I graduated in. And then I started to actually into the world of digital marketing because I used to work at New Balance. And so I, my department was also connected to their digital marketing department. Um, did that for a summer and I was like, hmm, I wonder if I should look into this a little bit more. I took another internship around marketing and then I just decided like six months before I graduated, maybe I should just go ahead and just try this for myself, be a consultant. I've got nothing to lose. And plus I was writing out a bunch of applications and nobody was talking back to me. So <laughs> I'm like, okay, if nobody's going to hire me, I'm going to hire me. And so I went into consulting. I did that from about 2019 to 2021. Um, and while I was working with my marketing clients, they, I, I realized I can get them the leads and the potential customers, but they didn't really have a real process of like turn those customers in, I'm sorry, turning those leads into customers. Um, like how to actually speak to them back, how to keep sending messages. They didn't have a process. And so I started making that process for them because it just, it just made sense. They asked for my help. I'm obviously going to help my clients uh, make as much money as they can from what I'm doing for them. And then I just started to fall in love with that. I had a real knack for it. It was a skills, a talent. I'm like, I love this. This is amazing. Um, and so in 2021, I decided, let me not just focus on lead gen type of stuff. I like creating the systems, creating the process, and not just for marketing, but also for operations for teams and just helping them grow all of these facets of their business because it's not just this one department it's all of it you have to get it all under control if you want to be able to have the freedom that you want and i realized so many people didn't have that freedom because they didn't have all these departments under control and have them as optimized as possible yeah one thing i've found myself is when you go from the person who does it all to then being CEO and looking back at the business and looking in the business and saying, how does this work with this? How does this work with that? Mm -hmm. And that's a completely different skill set than, than just being the coach or the solopreneur who does it all themselves. So that's been a huge, you know, learning adjustment and process for me. So for you with your clients, at what point in the game, like where are they at in their businesses where they're like, I need the tech support like yesterday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a lot of people wish they had it day one, uh, but, but mainly I come in usually after they've been around for about maybe two to three years, sometimes after just a year. Um, a lot of my clients, they start with like maybe one, maybe two team members max, but there are people who are just so low. They're just kind of, they've been able to grow. They've been able to get to like 5K a month, maybe even 10K a month. Um, and they're still just by themselves, might have like a contractor that just do some of the work, but they're mainly doing everything themselves. Um, it's usually not like my brand new uh, entrepreneurs who are just getting everything started. They're a startup. Um, at least they used to not be like that, but I'm trying to develop ways to assist startups too, because if they can start better than my clients right now, they're going to be way ahead of the game. If they can get any type of system processes or at least have the mindset of that, while they're young in their business. What kind of tools do you use? Like for me, I use Kajabi for a lot of 
my automation within the business? Like what are some of the systems or programs that you recommend people to be using? Oh, awesome. So uh, for me, one of the first things I would recommend is uh, Asana for my project management. I do all of my project management with Asana. I love it as a free version. I'm still on the free version. You can do a lot with free version right there. Um, I also use a CRM called Go High Level. I really enjoy it. Um, and it has, it really takes the place of a lot of different tools um, in one. So like it takes the place of having to use a separate email tool, like a e uh, MailChimp or a ConvertKit. It has its own SMS marketing tool. So you don't even have to use simply text if you use something like that or community.com. Um, it takes the place of Calendly. It has its own appointment booking and you can integrate it and really do whatever you want with it, which is really awesome. Um, so I love that. Go high level, Asana. And then really to wrap all of my apps in one, I'm a big Zapier fan. Um, <laughs> I love Zapier. Can't get enough of it. Um, probably too much of it, but no, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's cool. And I pretty much use it for all my clients because a lot of apps don't integrate with each other. And Zapier is like the glue of the internet message. Yeah. Yeah. I've done a lot of research on, on all of this over the last couple of years. And I, all, I've never used Zapier, but it always comes up yeah. when, <laughs> you know, I type in like Notion and Calendly, how can they work together? And it's always Zapier. Zapier. <laughs> it's always Zapier. Those are really good suggestions. And I know for me, when I was first starting to realize, okay, this business needs processes, I used Asana. Now I'm obsessed with Notion, but I, I think it's great to know that these are tools that are available for the business owner who can start to implement these things. And my next question is like, how do you support people? Like what do your, um, what does it look like for someone to work with you? Are you like on their team? What does it look like? That's a very good question. So the first thing, uh, whenever I speak to somebody and I, they're just trying to see how they can use systems in their business, I always ask them, what is your ultimate vision? What is that thing that you're after? And it's and I'm not just talking about money. Because everybody wants, you know, you want to make more revenue, you want to make more money, I get that. But let's say you get all that, what are you doing with it? And most people will tell me either they want to establish a legacy, you know, for their children, um, or they want to be able to just have more time to spend with their children. You know, I work with a lot of women who have families, right? But they're spending a lot of their time in their business and it's doing the one thing that they were trying to go into business to do, which is taking away time from their children, going to games, going to performances and just being present, right? And so once I understand that, then I ask them, okay, give me like your number one headache in your business right now. And a lot of times it might be like responding to customer inquiries, you know, uh, customer support or customer uh, nurturing. Uh, sometimes it's, I have all these leads. I got all these people. They're interested. I know I'm not converting enough. I know I'm not reaching out to them enough. Whatever that one thing is, then I start out looking and I do an audit of where they're at right now and what they're all doing. It's kind of like I'm creating a map for them, right? I know where they're starting from. I ask them where they want to go. Okay, great. Once I understand where they're starting from, I always first with my clients, I give them a map. So I literally make a workflow. It's a visual workflow that they can look at and they can see step-by-step, step, this is what you're doing. We do a two-hour deep dive. I look into it so I can show them what's actually going on. And then from there, 
I give them recommendations on how to actually improve that. If they want us to do to actually do the implementation of that, we absolutely will. Usually it's like a six to eight week process. Um, or they can just take the map and they can go find their own people to actually implement it because we give them every all the options and all the recommendations on how they can fix their own problems if they want somebody else to do that. Oh, I love this. Okay. Okay. So, and within your own company, is it just you or you have a team of people who are also supporting this? I also have a team of my, uh, for myself. I do the workflow um, and mapping because it's personally what I love. I enjoy doing that part. So I don't feel like giving anybody else that. But when it comes through the customer support or actually the implementation, I asked, I also have my own team members who assist with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So I'd love to hear for you, like the whole purpose of me creating the show, She Builds Empires, was to highlight these women who are bringing in incredible numbers in terms of revenue. They're making impact. They're doing things that they love. And they're also, like you said, leaving a legacy on the planet. Mm -hmm. So for you, like, why do you do what you do? What is the deeper reason that you do this work? Oh, yeah. I really just want to see more people actually establish this generational wealth that they talk about. But most people just talk about it in, in terms of money. And it's not that like, I mean, well, you start with money. So of course it matters, right? But 70% of, um, if you have your wealth established in the first generation, 70% of that is gone by the second generation. Um, a lot of people don't know that. By the third generation, most people don't actually have that wealth that was established in the first generation. And so a part of that being lost is, mom and dad not really being able to teach you how to run the business, why it's important. They're just passing down more work, but they're not passing down the mindset. They're not passing down a process that's repeatable, that's growable, that's sustainable. You know, a lot of us talk about growth and, and scale, but you first have to sustain where you're at and you have to be able to do it without you always in it. And if, you know, if, if I'm a, 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 a parent, right, and my child is seeing that I'm always in this business every single day, I'm not doing anything else, it's no vacations, it's, I'm stressed about it, well, I'm making all this money, they may, they may not want to do that. That just seems like a headache. And I, I really want to uh, allow people to give that freedom to their children because that's what you really want to give. That's what having wealth is supposed to be able to give you freedom, options. But if you just create yourself quite frankly, uh, a, a mobile jail cell, which is you're always strapped to your computer and you can't do anything else. You're not really get, uh, giving your children and your legacy anything to kind of aspire to or to want to have. So my goal is to give people that real lifestyle freedom that they can actually give to their children, they can give to their families and they can show, hey, I did this, it's established and it's here to stay. Did you come from entrepreneurial parents or has this been part of your trajectory? Uh, kind of both. So my dad used to fix computers on the side when I was way younger. Um, uh, our last name is, uh, uh, his last name is Hobbs. And so his thing was called, it's a hobby. It was really cute. <laughs> That's cute. I, loved it. I loved it so much. And I, I would watch people come drop off their computers and he's like literally fixing them. So it's not just like software stuff, but it's like the hardware of it. And um, I watched him do that. He stopped when I was about of a teenager. Um, I always wonder why I think it's just, he liked that as a hobby. That's the only thing he really wanted it for. But my parents really taught me like the value of just doing something different. And they always supported me doing that. Um, you know, my dad right now, 
he, he's a bus driver by day and he builds computers by night just for himself, just for fun. Um, my mom is a, is an administrative like assistant type roles by day. And then by night she's an AWS cloud engineer, something. I don't even know what that is. Um, I just, one time I came back home and she's like, yeah, I built my own desktop. Wow. I'm like, you did what? And she showed it to me and I'm like, this is insane. So <laughs> I, I grew up around that and um, I grew up around that and it was insane to watch them do all that. And it was very inspirational to watch them do all that. And it allowed me, it gave me just a lot of uh, something to look forward to as well. Yeah, I always find it so interesting, like our, just our background or who we've been surrounded with and how that mm-hmm you know, impacts the trajectory of our lives. You you were around people that did something and also had creative passions and pursuits and things that interested them, which is obvious in, you know, your your work now because that's part of your whole mission is like, how can we actually live and enjoy our life and have these creative pursuits that make money but enjoy our actual lives, right? Like, that's it. Yeah. That's it. It's, it's, the, it's the only, I mean... If you can't really enjoy what you're doing and you can't enjoy the fruits of your labor now, kind of what's the point, you know? And that's another thing I fight with when people are kind of like, you know, do all this groundwork now, head down, don't do anything but that. And I just believe in a, in a it's not even really a balance, I think. I think it's a rhythm. It's kind of like a song. You don't, all, all the notes aren't playing all at the same time. Not everybody has their solo at the same time. It's a rhythm to it, but the whole sound, the whole uh, uh, song is actually enjoyable, right? And so I think there's times and places for grind and hustle, I guess, whatever. <laughs> I'm not really into that, but I think at some point you have to actually enjoy this and you got to create a process that will allow you to enjoy what you've been creating this whole time. Yeah. I think this is what we as women are also bringing to the forefront, like this idea of seasons and cycles, like our own menstrual cycle. You know, we we are in rhythm with our body, hopefully, and we recognize that. And then we look at our gardens and we see, okay, there's a rhythm, there's a season for everything. We don't need to be in hustle all the time. Like there's a time where I'm probably a little bit more in my, in my fire, in my action, right? Maybe it's during a launch or when I have something going on, I have a project, a deadline, I'm probably a little bit more in that energy. And then there's other seasons where I spend most of my day, like outside with the dog in the garden or going for a kayaking ride with my mom. Like there are, there are seasons and cycles. And I love that you said rhythm like that word really that hit really yeah I I just because I used to think it it was balance you think work-life balance right it's never life work balance by the way you ever notice that (laughs) we always start with the work it is never the life first I just thought about that right now um but but that's not really it because that assumes everything's equal all the time it just isn't you know I have the same thing like there's times where I'm really into my work and people may not see me because I'm just really into what I'm doing. That's my rhythm. That's the season that I'm in. And then there's times where I'm like, where I'm at right now is I'm trying to allow the universe to give me clarity. I'm trying to allow myself to be in a receptive mode where instead of me go, 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 let me receive. Let me just relax a little bit. Let me take a break. Um, uh, to give you an example, I'm actually going out of the country on Sunday and I'm, I'm going to be gone for 
Yeah, see, it's life work, y'all. I don't just work all the time. <laughs> it's a life work thing, right? And I'm going out of town, and I told all my clients, I said, like, I'm going to get as much as I can during this week, but I will be gone for two weeks. I'll be back at this time. You have, you can talk to this assistant. You could talk to this person if you're on this team, right? And I need this time to just be, just kind of relax. Let me receive and let me be in the mode where I can just enjoy myself and ideally kind of get out of this work mode and kind of have more of a, it's even, it's really a spiritual thing at that point. Yeah, we speak the same language. I'm about to go away also. So we're like the same exact season. (laughs) I love that. I love that so much. It's beautiful. I'd love to hear how you do spend your time. Like when you're not supporting your clients, how do you spend your time? It's just Kadira. Like the one thing I can do, if I can get me some water and just sit there and read, that'll be the only thing I'll do. Literally, um, Sometimes in the morning, I'll wake up really early and I, I live in Detroit, Michigan. And so I live part um, near the lake over here. It's not directly near. You have to drive a little bit, but it's close. And so there's this park that is, uh, it's called, it's a marina park. There's a lot of them in Detroit. And when you drive there, you can actually just drive your car right up to the bridge where there's a lake and you can see the lake right from your car. And um, you don't have to get out, but I just get there. I put my windows down. I put my seat back. I bring like three, four or five books. Yeah. I'm just there for a couple of hours early in the morning before everybody's needs to talk to me. <laughs> and, um, and I just do that. I do that as much as I can. Cause it's just something about the waves and the ocean or the lake or wherever you're at. That is just very inviting. And it's just very calming. I don't know if it's because I'm a water sun probably, but <laughs> it's just, it's, it's very comforting for me. So that's, that's the, the number one way. I always try to relax. Hmm. What are you currently reading? Oh my goodness. What? So I just got done reading a book called Why the Rich Got Get Richer by Robert Kiyosaki. Oh, I love him. Okay. Yeah. And uh, the next book, there's a, a couple of them. One of them is called The Founders. It's, um, it's about the people who make PayPal. So like Elon Musk, Peter Thiel. And um, another one I'm rereading is called The Fascinating Woman. Um, and I might be Fascinating Womanhood, actually. And it's uh, it's just more about women kind of being in their feminine, being in their seasons. I reread it probably a couple times a year. I just really like it. It's enjoyable stories. It kind of reminds me of who I am outside of the work stuff. Yeah. And we need that. I... I have a publishing company on the side and I've been, I've been an avid reader of self-help and business books for years. Mm-hmm. And I found myself in the season of needing to, to read fiction and like get out of like me trying to get better yeah. myself, you know, to just like be, I love that. to just be, to, to just be, it's really funny you say that because I was talking with my best friend earlier this week and I said, you know what? I really think I'm in a season where I just want to be. I don't want to become necessarily because that feels a little forceful. I don't know. Um, I'm like, whatever it is, it is. And it's also figuring out that I'm not just Kadir, the systems, the engineer, the the nerd, right? <laughs> Who loves what she does. And, and I do love what I do, but I'm also still a daughter and I'm a best friend and I'm just, me. and I like how you mentioned fiction. Because a lot, you know, you listen to a lot of, you know, the guys in the business, right? 
And they're like, don't read fiction. You don't need to read fiction. We do nonfiction and, you know, self-help and, you know, get a business. And, you know, that's the only books you need to read. And it's like, I don't know. I want to, I might want to read, read Harry Potter. You know, I might want to just be in a different world. You can find, you know, I, actually, I was about to say, you can find lessons in business and all these books, but maybe that's not even the reason. Maybe you just want to read it because it's for fun. It's okay to just do things for fun. Yeah, I love this. Okay, I have two questions as we start to round out the interview. You mentioned that you were in this space of just like receptivity, trusting the universe. I'd love to hear, because I'm guessing you have a spiritual practice or some spirituality plays a role in your life in some way, shape or form. So I'd love to hear like what that looks like as someone who also has a business. You know, how do you kind of bring these spiritual, maybe mystical, maybe esoteric practices, energetic practices into your business? That's a, that's a good question. Um, so I'm born and raised Muslim, practicing Muslim my whole life. And um, sometimes I just find throughout the day that I just need to take a second and read from our book, which is the Quran, or the Bible, because I actually read from both of them. And um, those are two books that I mainly draw a lot, a lot of just spiritual information, just receiving whatever the word um, that I happen to read for that day. And then it's also about, because um, prayer is, a, is also a version of meditating. Um, just how you pray is how you pray. Um, and some people pray, you know, as Muslims, we pray on the floor. Sometimes you don't, it's whatever you want to do, but it is meditating. And so I do that as well. Sometimes when I'm just too in it and, or I feel there's a blockage, it means there's too much noise going on and I have to take a break. And it's, and admittedly, I haven't done like enough of that and trying, you know, sometimes you feel the need to power through, which I think is just like a real asking the way of dealing with that. And sometimes, cause I work with a lot of guys a lot of time. I have to remember that I don't work like them and I can't work like them or I'm not going to, nothing good is going to happen. You know, not even just business wise, but personal wise, I'm not going to enjoy it as much. And so finding ways to just take a break and for a minute or two, turn off the phone, do not disturb, shut off the laptop, actually shut it off. Don't just put it to sleep or close it, but actually shut it off and give yourself moments of just rest and ease. Hear the cars go by, you know, outside your door. Hear the wind, you know, whistling uh, uh, through the trees and whatnot. And just be in the nature, go outside. Who cares? Go barefoot. Who cares? You know, and just be there. Because as I think as women, we have to be in that mode of receiving from nature. And to me, that's just how I do that. Yeah, yeah it's beautiful. I so agree. This has been a very just like soul nurturing conversation. It's funny because we also talked about tech, which I think some people would be like, that's not soul nurturing. Like that's right. the opposite. <laughs> that's like the most business thing you could be talking about. And we're over here talking about leaves and nature and water and fiction books. And, but it, it, it um, I, I mean, what I like about your podcast is um, the empire isn't just built by just constantly putting down bricks. There's, all other facets of this because we're multifaceted human beings we're not just builders we're receivers we're also kind we're also nurturers nurturing means we have to nurture ourselves and nurturing ourselves does not mean that you are just 
on go all the time. And there's nothing wrong with not being on go. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with just taking a break. There's nothing wrong with saying, I can't, ha- or just saying, I can't handle this and asking for help. Mm. That'd be a whole different podcast, asking for help. Mm. Thank you. Beautiful, beautiful wisdom that you've brought. And last but not least, how can people get in contact with you? Because we know that you offer a service that many people are looking for and they just don't even know where to go. So how can they contact you? Oh yeah, absolutely. You can always reach me um, on my Instagram. It's called Kadira S. Muhammad. Uh, my YouTube channel is exactly the same, Kadira Muhammad. And um, we do also have our uh, our freebie. So it's called a six-figure tech guide. And um, you can literally just go to sixfiguretechguide.com if you want to go ahead and check that out. It's absolutely free. And um, I, I don't know that. I'm pretty sure I sent you the link. Um, so that all might be available. Yes. Somebody apparently is asking for me right now. I just... Thank you so much, Kadira, for being here today. What an incredible episode. And I have just loved doing this with you today. Thank you so much for being here and loving this channel, these episodes, and really you are an empire builder. You listening to this show, whether you acknowledge it or not, whether you realize it or not, you are creating ripples in this world. And for me, just by planting the seeds of listening to things and people that inspire me, I was able to grow in ways that I never thought possible. So allow this episode today to be just that for you. Allow the episode that you listen to later on this week to do just the same. I'm so grateful for your presence and your ability to listen and receive this incredible information by these incredible humans. Congrats that you are building your empire in your own way and make sure to subscribe, follow, leave a review, tag us on Instagram at She Builds Empires Podcasts. And I would love to then re-tag you and re-share you to the story. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you.